0: This is Calgary Today with Angela Cocott on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station.
1: Good Thursday afternoon. So nice to have you along for the ride. And of course, this hour... We're we're going to throw a lot at you, uh, and a lot as in a lot of guests. I don't think I've ever had so many people in my studio. Fortunately, we have a huge budget and lots of microphones, <clears throat> but uh, I've got someone actually just clearing their throat in front of the, one of those microphones. <laughs> hey, don't worry, no problem. This is just us getting used to uh, a lot of people in our studio. But the reason I have so many guests is because I want to spend an hour on a conversation that... Well, probably you don't spend an hour on normally, and that's talking about grief, losing someone. And the way people deal with grief, it's as individual as the the loss of that person. So I'm not here this hour to say, this is how you should deal with grief, and this is what you should do, and this is how long it should take you to get over that loss. no. I want to just have the conversation because I think uh, I'm fortunate enough to have the airwaves to be able to do this. And I think it's a conversation that if you haven't had with someone who has lost someone, then maybe this will encourage you to do that. And, And the reason this whole conversation began is because there's a book coming out in a couple of weeks called Circle of Grief. About 10 years ago, a number of Calgarians came together in a group support system. They were widows and widowers, and it was an opportunity for them just to share. And I think, um, in fact, I've got a very close friend who went through a similar support group after she lost her husband of many, many years. she still sees those friends once a month they get together for dinner so I'm going to find out how important that is and the bonds that you create in these group settings but but more importantly I want to find out about their little project and it's a book as I mentioned called Circle of Grief where do I begin you know what I'm, I'm going to do my best here to introduce everyone and and then we're going to within this hour find out about the book Find out about their own stories and just some some advice on how you deal with grief. Let's start with Rochelle Pittman. Rochelle, say hello. Hi. Okay. Good stuff. Kate Anderson. Hi. Okay. Good. Uh, let's see. Rob Gross. Rob Goss. Sorry. Yes. Oh. There's Rob. Okay. Norma Cindham. Hello. Norma. Uh, Debbie Duchaine. Hello. Linda King is on the phone, so let me just make sure I get Linda up and running here. Hi, Linda. Hello. Okay, Linda's there. And Maureen Pisklavic, she is a grief counselor, and she joins us as well. Hello, Maureen. Hello. All right, so there. You know, everyone, it's tough in radio, though, when you're listening going, all those voices, but we're going to narrow it down. I want to maybe start with Maureen. Because maybe, Maureen, you can speak for the group on behalf of the project and and why you wanted to share their stories, why they wanted to share their stories, and how they could help other people.
2: Well, the genesis of the book really lies with the group. And um, I'm just going to say that I'm proud to have been asked to write the foreword. And it was their desire to bring life to their stories in the hope that it would help others. And I think Rochelle actually would like to be able to elaborate a bit more on that. All right, Rochelle,
1: how how you started the book and
0: why? Well, we always joke that we would write a book together and uh, came to a point that we all decided we would actually um, each have a chapter and tell our stories um, in hopes that we could help others going through the grief process.
1: Now, I know that, uh, Norma, you're right beside... Uh, Rochelle, so why don't you grab the microphone there and why you thought it was important to be part of this project.
3: Well, in all honesty, we, as Rochelle said, we joked about the idea that you would write a book. I think, for me, it's important that our stories are available for other people going through the grief process. And with a collaborative book, someone's
1: going to relate to one story or more in the book. I know the book's going to actually be available as a book. In a couple of weeks, there's going to be a book launch. It's already available online, and I know they've been receiving great response from it. And, and, and maybe, Maureen, you can speak to this because I know they want to make sure that this book is available to different groups and hospices and how it's going to help them as well.
2: Well, the desire of the group, as I understand it, is that this book will be donated to hospices, um, grief support programs throughout the city, because there's more than just the one with the Alberta Health Services. So um, different church community groups uh, that may be in need of it and would benefit offering that to their clients. And this is the, the hope of the book. To help others.
1: Now, I'm not going to have you read the forward uh, because we only have so much time, but maybe just give me an idea of, of what you wanted to share in introducing the book to people.
2: Well, um, I, as I say, I have had the privilege of being the facilitator for a group which was the Younger Spousal Loss group, and that was actually 10 years ago. So many years have gone by, and the group. I would say that probably more than most groups I know, they have stayed together. Some, of course, have drifted off into the new lives, and uh, but there's been a core group of approximately uh, 10 individuals who have grown through their grief. They have become dear friends to one another. They have fun together. They share together and uh, have a lot of social activities now and continue to grieve on certain levels. And because of that, they feel that they would like to be able to offer their stories back to others, uh, in, and especially in the younger spousal loss group. And so that is what they were hoping to accomplish.
1: Debbie, I'm I'm looking at you, and you've got a microphone there, so I think you can share this as well. Ten years ago, Why did you think it was important to come together as a group, or were you even a little hesitant in sharing your grief with other people?
4: I was hesitant at first because I'm uh, very much of an introvert, but I knew that going to a group setting like that where I could express my emotions freely, it was going to be very beneficial for me. So I decided to take the leap, and I joined the group, and six weeks of good counseling, and uh, 10 years later, we're still together.
1: Rob, uh, what you got from the group, uh, and I'm not sure if there were many men before in the original group, but um, were there men as well? There were
5: a few, not not as many as the ladies, but some.
1: And and I'm curious about that too, and maybe I, I'm going to ask Maureen that more as the grief counsellor, because I, I wonder if women are just, they want to share and they want to be with the group. But, so you're a man, a man within this group. What did you get out of it and why it was so important?
5: Well, I just had a chance to share my grief, and, and realize that I wasn't alone, that other people were going through the same thing as I was.
1: I'm wondering, though, who suggested the group?
5: How did this work? I heard about the, the, this counseling somewhere, and I'm not, not sure where, so I pursued it and, and, and managed to sign on to the, the group. Maureen,
1: then I'm going to throw it back to you. Do you find that women are more receptive to the idea of coming together in a group to share their grief?
2: My answer to that is that we do see more men in our groups. You see women. more men? Or, sorry, we oh, see more women than men <laughs> okay. uh, in the group situation. And uh, we know that men and women often grieve differently. Mm-hmm. Just as deeply, but differently. Right. And so that has been our experience. And and then, okay, then let me throw it back to
1: Linda. Linda, you're on the phone, and I don't want to forget about you. Uh, Linda, the idea, where did it come from? Who suggested that you should meet in this grief counseling group?
6: Would start with um, going to individual counselors, and I think that this group was available through one of the hospitals in Calgary. One um, that Maureen facilitated and so we would be offered to go through private counselling and then we had an option to join a group, um, which was very much encouraged um, because you can find um, some comfort and in being with people that have the same experience. You can share a little bit easier. People understand. You see a lot of nodding ahead. So I think that that's kind of, it kind of started through our our individual counseling sessions, and then it was available to us to join the group. So we did.
1: Uh, Kate. Kate, get near your microphone, please. <laughs> uh, and, and I want to find out, why is it called Circle of Grief, the book?
7: Um, because when we were doing our counseling, we were always sitting in a circle. So it just seemed to make sense, and we did it.
1: Well, I know that seems like such a simple question and a simple answer, but really that's how you shared, right? You were all in that circle together and then for the book to be called Circle of Grief. All right. I I almost feel like I'm a counselor as I'm looking at this room full of people. But coming up after the break, I want to find out the individual stories so we can kind of narrow things down here to find out how people, their stories, how they dealt with their grief. And I won't be surprised to hear that everyone dealt differently. I'm Angela Kokot. You're listening to Calgary Today on News Talk 770. Back after this. I know in radio, we, we tend to have a rule. Can we keep it to two or three guests? Just because it's hard in radio to differentiate voices. And uh, however, when we had this story, Circle of Grief, the book, I said, let's do our best to be able to get as many voices as possible. So we're going to do our best to be able to uh, share some of the stories. And if you are just joining us, they are um, a group of Calgarians who came together 10 years ago. And it was all to do with a grief, grief support group. And they've stayed together for all these 10 years. Some people have left. They've gone on with their own journeys. But the core group is with me right now. And as I said, I wanted to kind of key in on some of the stories. Uh, Linda King is on the phone. So you know what I want to do? Linda, just because out of sight, out of mind, um, uh, if you're not here in the studio, I forget about you. So I want to start with you, Linda. and okay. And tell me a little bit about your story and what you can share prior to joining the group okay so
6: my husband was diagnosed with cancer in uh, 2006 it was a short 13-month battle Um, so after he had passed you're in that moment where you think well where does life go now what do I do now and when you're with a person for very many years you always don't have those quick answers. And I think most people don't. So you have to kind of find the people that have been through the similar experiences. That's where you're going to find um, most of the support. Being acknowledged and validated are important um, things when you're grieving a loss. That's why being in a group of people like this that have had the same experience, it's easy for them to give you that acknowledgement and validate your feelings. You come with a lot of feelings, and there's lots of comfort um, through that association with those people, and there's, there's commonality there that you just can't find anywhere else. Um, so after my husband's passing, I knew I had to get some help because I wasn't dealing with this loss very well. It's, um, it's something that I had never experienced before, Um, And when you haven't had that experience, you don't always know um, how you're going to deal with it. Um, And so you have to start somewhere. And counseling is usually the first place when you're dealing with loss. Linda,
1: how did you know you weren't dealing with it well?
6: Well, because there's days when you don't want to get out of bed in the morning. You don't want to eat. You don't want to go on with your daily normal tasks. So when you stop doing your daily normal tasks you know you're in trouble and and you need to find outside help sometimes you just get inside your brain so much that you don't you're you're not coping with your daily life and when that starts to happen then you're in trouble
1: That's Linda King, and she is one of the contributors to Circle of Grief. And Maureen Pisklavich is the grief counselor who was the head of this group. Maureen, can you give me an idea, though, and I've been asking them how they came to the group, but but how do people listening, if they've had a loss, how do they connect with groups like this?
2: This particular group um, came together through the Alberta Health Services Grief Support Program, which is located at the uh, Richmond Road, 1820 Richmond Road. And um, it is a service that is free of charge. And the grief support program in Calgary offers individual counselling and group counselling for adults 18 years of age and over. And they will always be um, encouraged to participate with the group uh, following individual counselling and when the counsellor feels they're ready to participate and if they choose to do so. And is that
1: just going through your doctor and saying I'm not coping with this well? No,
2: it's a self-referral system and anyone um, listening in Calgary area you can just go on the internet and look up that information. I can tell you the phone number right now. But on AHS yeah, is probably the, the Go Health to the Alberta Services. Health
1: Services website. So, and, uh, so that was Linda King and now I, I want to talk to Rob, Rob Goss and give me a little bit of your story
5: Rob and your loss. Okay, well when my My late wife passed away about 10 years ago and I found out what it's like to be a single parent at that time and it's definitely very difficult. I gained an appreciation for single parents. I had two teenage daughters so I was kept busy and that actually maybe helped a little bit with the grief. I was able to retire a couple of years later and that made it a bit easier.
1: Did your, do- did your wife have cancer? Was it uh, a sudden death?
5: It was very sudden. My wife had cancer, but the cancer w- was successfully resolved, it seemed, and she died in the chemotherapy part. She died within a few days after her first treatment. Oh.
1: Maureen, I'm curious because Rob is saying having the two teenagers to look after maybe was a good thing it kept him busy. Do some people, it's years later that they realize they are still grieving? I'm, I'm curious if people have to go to grief counseling within a year of the loss of their partner.
2: Well, that's a good question because many people ask that. And uh, from our perspective, we feel that it doesn't matter how many years have passed since the loss of a loved one if they are feeling the need to speak to someone about their uh, their uh, grief issues at yeah. that time, we consider that a current loss because all of those grief issues have come forward.
1: Norma, I want to hear your story. Norma Sindenham joining us now.
3: Uh, well, my husband passed away of cancer as well. Um, we'd only been married for three years. And as much as we knew it was going to happen It still was really really tough and it was my doctor actually that suggested that I have some counseling and um, I had heard about the counseling the grief counseling that went on and so I I just looked into it and as you say I got some individual counseling first and then was fortunate enough to be put in this group so that we could share together and it was it's such a safe place to share and to grieve. I, I just can't say enough about how important it is to make that connection.
1: Uh, That was Norma Syndenham and we are talking about the book Circle of Grief. We're going to take a break here because there's more people that I want to talk to, especially about their stories and what it meant to be able to share it and how difficult, really, it is probably to share. And I'm also curious because I wonder if their families thought, why do you have to go to a group? Why don't you just talk with us about what you're going through? I'm Angela Kokot. You're listening to Calgary Today on News Talk 770. Back after this. Have you or someone you know lost someone very close to them? And maybe they're still in that that grieving process. And this could be many years later as we're finding out. I I wanted to make sure people were aware of the, the support that is out there. And that's why I wanted to talk about the people behind the book. And it's called Circle of Grief, Healing to Hope. Now, you you don't have the actual physical copy yet, but you can go to Amazon or Indigo and just put in Circle of Grief, Healing to Hope, if you could use this book. Because it's it's all stories from people who have been there. They've walked a mile in your shoes, and maybe their story isn't exactly the same as yours, but I think you could probably find some great information in, in the book. As well, I wanted to mention that August 25th, so a couple of weeks from now, at Shelf Life Bookstore from 7 to 9, they're actually going to have the book launch. And they are going to be donating 400 copies to grief counseling groups, hospices, any other groups that really work with People who have lost someone. Okay, let me just make sure I can go back to um, the people that are in my room, in the room here, because I, I want to share a bit of their story. And maybe we have heard so many stories of loss. Linda, Linda talked about the loss of her husband through cancer. Rob, his wife, cancer. Um, and I know a lot of you have dealt with it because we know cancer affects so many of us. But maybe I want to talk to Rochelle. So Rochelle's nice and close to a microphone there.
0: Rochelle, can you tell me a little bit about your story? Sure. Um, I lost my husband um, due to suicide. He actually hurt his back at work um, and was off work. And it led to um, some addiction problems with the medication that they were giving him. Um... Yeah, that's just... So I, he dealt with addiction for quite a while? Well, because of the pills, they put him on a, a drug called Oxycontin, which is... Um, We're all very familiar with Oxycontin. Yeah. Yes. And th- we got him off that. And then because they wouldn't give him anything for his pain, he turned to alcohol. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he just couldn't deal with the pain. And How long of a process was that for you and your family? Um, it's been a long process. It still is a process for me. Um, I've accepted, you know, that he... He couldn't stay here any longer. I get that um, just from the pain of the injury and stuff. So I've, um, I've accepted it, and I get that maybe he was too sensitive to be here and just couldn't deal with, with the pain and the mental pain and the depression that came with it. Rochelle, and I'm curious... He had the addiction and then you said it
1: eventually led to alcohol as well. Yeah.
0: Was that many years? Or no, no, was the that- addiction came for when he hurt his back and they, they prescribed Oxycontin right. to him. And then they took that away from him and then wouldn't give him anything for pain. So then he self-medicated with alcohol. Was that a few months later that he dies by suicide? Um, it was probably, it, it was about, a, about two years span that we went through all of this stuff medically and... and and the, only, rehab and the
1: only reason I wanted to know this was because how, how upsetting that must have been for you and your family to see this man and father that you loved mm-hmm. not being able to get the help he needed. And then to eventually, as you say, death by suicide. As a survivor of someone of a suicide, how difficult was that for you to let go
0: of the guilt and, and the questions? Um, Lots of therapy (laughs) helped me a lot. Um, Yeah, you just kind of, I think I was numb for two years before I really woke up and and really faced all that stuff. Um, But I think I've, you know, faced it all and resigned it to that, you know, it's just something that happens and it happens every day. We need to talk about suicide. We don't need to put it under the rug. We need to talk about it and uh, hopefully get people help that feel when they're at that point, they can reach out to others. And, and to me, that is a whole separate grief counseling group
1: because, you know, I'm not taking anything away from losing someone to cancer. I lost both my parents to cancer, but I think losing someone to suicide has a whole other conversation as well. So you still were able to
0: get the support you needed within this group.
1: Yeah. I went into
0: counseling with Maureen actually two weeks after, and she suggested I go into a group. So I was kind of the fresh one into the group and, uh. I walked by the door several times and then pushed myself through. And uh, thank God I did because I don't know where I'd be without these people. They've kind of been my support and my rocks and got me through some tough days. So, All right, Kate, tell me your story of loss and
1: how you came to the group.
7: Uh, My husband, Daryl, was diagnosed with multiple myeloma. Um, He was 53 years old. So he did the chemo and he did a stem cell, but it didn't work. So between the time he was diagnosed and the time he died was nine and a half months. Um, So my children were all growing up and had moved out and I live on a ranch south of Calgary. So it was pretty lonely. And um, so I I got a lot from the group. They were a big support to me and um, I had lots of animals. I had 18 horses and mules that had to be looked after. Couple a couple of dogs, five cats, a parrot. So I had lots of animals and lots of chores to do. But um, Were you
1: almost like Rob? Rob talking about he was busy with raising his teenage children. Did you find yourself that way too? That you made yourself busy, and maybe that was part of a coping process as well. Well, I didn't make
7: myself busy. I had to yeah, exactly. do it. It was my. It's a full time <laughs> job. Um, but I have really. Um, Some of my family was very supportive. Um, I had trouble with some of my family. How so? Um, um, They just went sideways. They just couldn't cope, I don't think, with the loss of their father. And um, it just, to this day, it's still a problem. So sometimes families pull together and sometimes they don't. And
1: And I'm glad you mentioned that, Kate, because I want to bring Maureen back in and she's the grief counselor. But we're hearing from people who have lost their loved ones and it sounds like wives, husbands, husbands. But what about the family? Do, th- should they come with them as well? Do you have grief counseling groups where it's the spouse and their two children sharing their grief?
2: Yes. Those kinds of counseling um, experiences would happen individually with the counselor as okay. opposed to being in a larger group. In a group. group. Sometimes, the, you know, a, a mother, say, or and a daughter or son would come together in the group. Right. But oftentimes when there there is a lot of disruption in the family following the death, Um, there's a lot to be resolved and sorted through, and that needs to be done in a a different kind of setting. But you
1: can understand Kate saying that sometimes families come together and sometimes death tears families apart.
2: Yes, it can. It's a very painful process, and not everyone has the same coping skills, nor are they open always to seeking help to resolve those matters. Kate, I'm glad you mentioned being on a, a ranch
1: because... People listening, you may not be in Calgary. You might be in southern Alberta, Central Alberta, and as we threw out the AHS website, there's a chance that you will go online and it still doesn't give you specific help for where you are. Make sure you're talking to your local practitioner, your doctor. They're they're going to be able to connect you with the counseling that you need as you're going through this grief. You know what I want? To, let's see here. Let's go with Rochelle because I, I want to just get an excerpt because I, I can't have you reading your whole story. I wanted to share a bit of that. But can you give me a couple of lines
0: that you contributed to the book? Sure, I can. I entered the doors of the healthcare facility and made my way to the grief counseling office. I walked by the door several times, not wanting to enter. I fought with myself whether to stop or just keep going. On the third time passing, I thought to myself, what do I have to lose? Worst thing that could ever happen to me had already occurred. Nothing can touch me now. I grabbed the handle and pushed myself through the door. Now was the time to battle this beast I call grief. Just one excerpt from Circle
1: of Grief, uh, the healing to hope stories that we are sharing today. Coming up after the break, uh, I want to hear Debbie Duchesne's story. I want to find out, again, how families come together and maybe pull apart. And also, just... From the book, there's a number of uh, shared advice that the members of the group have contributed in the book as well. And we're going to look at that as well, especially if you're not sure. Linda King said, you know, she just wasn't dealing with it well. Well, how do you know you're not dealing with it well? Is this depression? Is it something much more serious? I'm Angela Cocott. You're listening to Calgary Today on News Talk 770. Back after this. Now, you know, you can always call in 974-TALK, nine seven four eight two five five or text 770 However, I really think with this conversation, it's one that I want to share with you, uh, the listener, as well as the group members who have come here. You know, it's one thing to say I'm going to meet and talk about my grief with a real intimate group. It's another thing to say, all right, let's go on the radio and share my story. But of course, as I said, this group came together 10 years ago. And uh, then they said, you know what, we've got to share our stories with other people. And that's why they wrote the book Circle of Grief, Healing to Hope. And it really is all their stories. Debbie Duchesne is another member of the group. So Debbie, it's it's your turn. I want to find out your loss. What happened?
4: Well, my boyfriend passed away in uh, February of 2007 from Hodgkin's lymphoma. He had uh, eight months of treatment, both chemotherapy and radiation. Um, But then in January, we learned that the uh, disease had progressed and he passed away in February at the age of 38 with two young children. Um, I'm not the mother, but he did have two young children at the time. How long had you been with him? Four years. So we were together four years. and it was during that time that I did receive a pamphlet from one of the home care nurses because he, he was staying at home um, while I was working and I was trying to take care of him at home. Um, but she gave me a pamphlet and it was with that pamphlet that I got to learn about the grief counselling. And that's when I decided after he had passed that I would go see uh, Maureen and she suggested that after the individual session that maybe I would be in tune to uh, join the, the group counselling.
1: Debbie, was it more difficult, uh, it sounds like you were in a common law relationship, mm-hmm. but was it more difficult that he had children from another marriage or another relationship? I'm just curious about the, the grieving and how that looked for everyone.
4: Um, it, it, it was difficult because he was of Muslim, Muslim faith. Um, so there were some, you know, uh, things that we had to uh, go through there. Um, but all in all, um, I'm still connected to his children to this day. I see them at least twice a year. Um, and uh, we still have that connection. So it's it's all been a journey for sure. Uh,
1: of course, Debbie mentioned Maureen Pisklavich. She is the grief counsellor. Maureen, I, I'm curious because uh, they had mentioned that they were part of the, the, the young survivors or the young grief counselling. So obviously there would be different groups depending on your
2: loss? Yes, that's correct. According to the structure of our program, the grief support program, um, we would have for example a group that would be a loss of child and those children would be 18 years of age and older and we would have uh, sibling loss we have younger spousal loss mature spousal loss and so the needs of those groups are specific to that group and so when we bring them together in a common loss there's more benefit for the client than if it was a mixed group
1: Norma, Norma and I want to go back to Linda, because Linda, I loved how Linda said that she just realized she wasn't dealing with it well. How did you deal with your loss? Tell me what your day was like. Well, I would stay in bed as long as I could.
3: And when I would get up, I would find a mall to go to and I would shop. And then I would stay out as late as I could because I didn't want to go home to an empty apartment. And when I did get home, I usually consumed too much wine. (laughs) Sorry. And it was my doctor that really clued in and and realized that I wasn't dealing well. I did try, and I go into it a little bit in the book, uh, because because we knew that Bill was going to pass away, we had talked about what after. And he tried to encourage me to go on a holiday, go somewhere I hadn't been, and, and I did try that. I went to Mexico, and that was a big mistake. But um, how do you deal? You, you don't. You just, you just get through it. And, and even when you think you're dealing well with it, like, after a year, you think, oh, I'm doing okay. But that last year was just a blur. And unfortunately, when you're at year two,
1: the second year
3: was also a, blur. a bit of a blur.
1: What's, uh, give me a little excerpt from your contribution to the book. Okay. He's gone. Gone.
3: How did it happen so fast? At the last appointment, the doctor had indicated he may go into a coma his organs were shutting down he said he might last two to three weeks but that was only five days ago and now he's gone
1: all right uh, of the group here and Linda you can hear me loud and clear absolutely Linda Kings on the phone Uh, I'm glad Norma mentioned avoiding home and how difficult that is everywhere you go there's reminders Has everyone in this group, have you stayed in the same home? Kate, you're still on the ranch that you and your husband worked so hard with? Yeah, I'm still on the ranch. Rob, what about you?
5: I'm still in the same home.
1: Still in the same home, Debbie? Yes. Okay, Rochelle? Yes, I'm still in the same home. Norma? Still in the same apartment. Linda? Well, isn't that interesting?
6: (laughs) I just sold my house about a month ago, so I found myself in quite a rut. I wasn't moving forward. And so I decided that maybe I needed to move out of the home that my husband and I had purchased together in Calgary so that I could maybe have a fresh start. And um, so it's really, it's still really fresh for me. I just moved into a new place on June 24th. So I'm finding that I'm even grieving the loss of that at this point.
1: I almost Um, wonder, Linda, I almost wonder if it's either a betrayal of his memory or you feel like, oh my gosh, I, I've given up so much of him. Uh, did you feel that? Because I'm uh, because even when Norma says, you know, she didn't want to be in the house because the house yeah. probably was a constant reminder. But then that's your only attachment to your your spouse.
6: Yeah, you know, we all do really different things. Um, like I I renovated. I made my house look completely different inside. Not that I wanted to lose him, but I needed to make it my own. So that i didn't have those constant reminders of him every day all day long it's it's okay to have them occasionally but when they're when you're faced with them every day all day it's very hard to move forward so sometimes you have to make these changes just so that you can make it feel like it's your own and that you're not living in that past living in the past is a very hard place to be and that's where you'll find that you will um, depression will rear its ugly head, and it comes very quickly. So we make little changes, or we do things to make it our own, and that's what I did. But I still found that that it was—I I always felt his presence there. If you could even say that, mm-hmm. like he was, because we we spent a you know um, time there. He was sick there, just before he we went to the hospice. We brought a hospital bed in, and he was there, and so that home was my connection to him now whether I felt that I was betraying him by selling it I think you know in kind of in the spiritual sense he was encouraging me Hmm. to move forward
1: all right Linda I'm I'm glad you mentioned that you know you did it this way and everyone does it differently let's take a break for traffic here because um I want to wrap up with some advice and the fact is everyone has a different journey when it comes to grieving 352 Helicopter Traffic, brought to you by Truman. One last chance to live at Savoy and West Hillhurst from the 300s. Register now at com
0: towing on the scene to a stalled vehicle in the southeast on Deerfoot
1: northbound just before Anderson Road, not causing any backups as you make your way towards the Iverstrong Bridge. Southbound approaching the bridge deck though is backed up, uh, looks like between Southland Drive and Heritage and northbound on Deerfoot Trail also still some pretty heavy pockets of volume in the northeast from McKnight Boulevard down to 16th Avenue and then again from Memorial Drive down to 17th Avenue southeast. Stand Up to Cancer Canada and the Canadian Breast Cancer Foundation are supporting a collaborative dream team of scientists bringing new treatments faster. Information at standuptocancer.ca. For the News Talk 770 Traffic
6: Helicopter, I'm Chris Duchesne. And I'm Jared Wilden in the News Talk 770 Traffic Center. Eastbound Glenmore Trail seeing some delays right now on the approach to Deerfoot. Currently backing you up almost towards McLeod. Southbound Crowchild looking good. Northbound Crow, you're seeing a few delays starting around 17th Avenue. That say heavy until you're north of Kensington Road. Let us know if you see anything else this afternoon. You can text us 770-770 or call 974-8255.
1: Partly cloudy tonight, a low of 11 degrees. Tomorrow, a mix of sun and cloud. We should see a high of around, let's say, 24 degrees. I'm not just making this up either. And then Saturday, a cloudy with a chance of showers, a high of 21. Sunday, sun cloud mix, the high, 24. Right now in Calgary, it is 22 degrees. Of course, I can say, where did the hour go? But what have there been? Two, four, six, seven, seven guests. Of course, the hour goes really quickly. And again, we are talking about Circle of Grief Healing to Hope. I want to repeat it because sometimes people just turn on the radio or get in their car and say, what are they talking about? So this is a collaboration, a group uh, that got together 10 years ago in a grief group setting. And now they're still, most of them are still together. And they just said, you know what, why don't we share our stories? Because obviously everyone grieves differently and as I mentioned Maureen is the uh, professional grief counselor Maureen Pisklavich and I guess that's probably the main takeaway message Maureen is that everyone does grieve differently
2: you do we certainly know there are commonalities and those are the things we um, educate our clients in but every person is different and how they manage their grief. And recognize that. And I wanted you just to share, because within the book, everyone
1: had a bit of advice for someone who may be going through a similar situation. Can you just grab a few of
2: those so my listeners can learn something from that? I'd be happy to do that. So I've chosen five simple statements that I felt were relevant. Surround yourself with people you know and trust. Don't drink alone. I see I have been dealt a new hand, a winning hand. I have become redefined, more spiritual. And lastly, life will not be the same, but it can be good again. Ooh, that's a tough one. Life will not be the same.
1: Okay, now you've got me crying. That's not the way it's (laughs) supposed to be. Uh, You know what? Thank you so much. We've got Rob and Kate and Debbie and Rochelle and Norma and, of course, uh, Maureen and Linda on the phone. Linda, thanks for hanging in there. No problem. Thank you. Okay, uh, Linda King, say goodbye to her. You guys, thanks so much, and good luck with the launch of the book in a couple of weeks. Again, it's Circle of Grief Healing to Hope. You can go to Amazon, you can go to Indigo, and order it online in a couple of weeks. They will have the official book launch, and that is going to be at Shelf Life Bookstore, August 25th, 7 to 9. I'm Angela Cocott. We've got news coming up next.
0: Calgary Today with Angela Cocott weekdays at 3 on News Talk 770 Calgary.